So Shane, we we watched one of what are supposed to be one of uh, what some people have called Jacques Tati's minor works this week. And uh, first of all, when he directed six films, I don't know the idea of like separating six films into major and minor seems a little I don't know unusual to me. But also, <laughs> um, with minor works like this, who needs major works? Am I right? Bennett, I love that comment. It's kind of true, right? I mean, I don't know. I we, we, we should yes. we should all be so lucky to have. Uh, among our most forgotten works be, be a film as good as Traffic. He makes a, a movie that has like six massive locations all with their own unique personality seem like the smallest budget indie film. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, I, obviously like it's a bit of a come down after playtime. Only a madman <laughs> would make another movie after playtime. I cannot believe. <laughs> like, but I don't know. The, the idea of like dismissing uh, this one uh, outright crazy to me crazy what are these people thinking these these people i I can't put a name to it can't speak of (laughs) anyone in in particular just you know the general idea right so what's changed since we last saw Hulo? uh well he's uh many years older and now for the first time when we're introduced to him he already has a job he is uh in charge of i think like design for a car company it's a lot like the episode yeah. of The Simpsons where Homer meets his long-lost brother. And uh, to derail that slightly, I've always said that Carter and I are a lot like that scene in that episode where they go, you look just like me, but with more of and less of, and they're pointing uh, alternatively to each other's hair and gut. It's, Carter and I look almost exactly <laughs> the same, except he stands up perfectly straight and has a huge ass. And I, uh, as you know, kind of curl <laughs> in on myself and have a concave ass. But anyway, uh-huh. it's a lot like that episode where Homer designs like the car built for Homer. And at the end, Herb is just like, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> This is a huge mistake. The fucking horn yeah. goes la cucaracha, and it's got like a bubble dome. <laughs> it's like a Pope mobile. And I, I, I guess we talked about it being kind of a bummer to see Hulo going in for like a job interview or whatever in in playtime. Again, kind of a bummer to see Hulo as a uh, as a working stiff. It seems like this this society has finally sort of, uh, you know, gotten its gotten its tentacles around uh, Hulo when we meet him. Right. I think. Um... I took a lot of the themes as like, all right, we're well underway into this like psycho modernity, and a lot of people have just accepted it as fact, <laughs> namely our uh, our bumbling main. Even our boy, even the even the guy who has said, yeah. you know, hey, uh, nuts to your uh, modernity. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna hey, drive my little jalopy. I'd rather make an old lady. I'd rather eat sugar bread and watch an old lady run into a light post. Uh huh. Now he's uh now he's got a job. Now he's a is a work a day. Drawn pictures. And uh, I mean. I guess it's at least a job that seems to uh, let him indulge his uh, creative sort of bananas uh, side because the central uh, premise of the movie is there's a car expo going on in Amsterdam. Um, Some great stuff Mm. as they're building the expo and you see this sort of like the inefficiency that comes from being like ruthlessly efficient. They have like everything like surveyed (laughs) out and they have to do this like crazy walking to get over like the wires they've stretched out. Um, Oh, yeah. And uh, Hugh Lowe is driving from France in this uh, exhibition car they've built, uh, the car of the future. And, uh, you know, he gets into, knowing that Hugh Lowe, well, wouldn't you bet he gets into some uh, some mishaps along the way? Does he ever? Uh, He's driving a truck that has a car inside of it, which 
uh, they eventually end up showing one of those trucks that holds all the cars on the back. What a delight it is to see those things. Mm-hmm. Just, come on. Why, why all those cars can drive? Why are you having one car drive all 18 of them? Where's, where's the fire? Um, those used to make me so uneasy as kids. Like, people, after seeing yeah. Final Destination 2, talk about, like, being afraid of being behind log trucks. Car <laughs> and, and truck trucks always used to freak me out. Because, like, how locked in there could they be, you know? Driving, and then there's a... You're driving on the highway, minding your own business, and then suddenly you wake up, because you were taking a nap while you were driving. It's honestly tiring to be on the street. Mm-hmm. And you finish your beer. <laughs> there, and suddenly there are two cars. One of them is angled down towards you. While you're driving on the highway at 70 miles an hour, and they're just both facing the front of your car. That's just a strange situation. Uh, something to think about. I might send that up to Ford, see what they can crunch on that. Well, you know what Ford stands for, don't you? <laughs> uh, fix it again, Tony. Everybody knows that. Come on. <laughs> Oh, that's good. Ben. Um, that's good. Ty, he no. he really gets at um all of like the ridiculous aspects of like car culture in this. Like, I like when there's the bit where they're all stopped at the red light, and the guy drops his cigarette and is like fumbling around, and is stopped at the green light when it turns green, and the instant it turns green, all seventy five people behind Everybody. him laying on their horns, <laughs> getting out of their cars in unison. Uh huh. I um. It brought that moment brought me to because every time you don't go, you're getting the horn. No matter what, maybe like different cities have like a different like a millisecond difference between when people are getting out of their car to yell at you. But I remember one tender moment in the suburbs of Philadelphia where I was learning how to drive stick and there was like maybe seven cars behind me and I stalled out maybe like six times at a green light and not a single person behind me beeped. Wow. And I was like, wow, all these people are showing such grace and patience right now. In a town where I've never known a moment of peace. <laughs> in a town where everybody's been out to get me. In a town where my own neighbor will blast a fucking police siren at me for oh, smoking weed. Well, yeah, will report me to the dang courier for, uh, for, I don't know, doing some jig on my own damn roof. Mm-hmm. That I paid for. That I took out a second mortgage for, no less. Did you used to troll um, Laura Makefield is a great place to live? Like, when I hear my mom talk about that group on Facebook, that is, to me, that is, like, the one thing. And I spend all day on Twitter going down rabbit holes that I know are going to piss me off, that I know are going to give me agita, that I know are going to shorten my Mm -hmm. life. And I cannot, I cannot go into Laura Mayfield's great place to live. I cannot even imagine what fucking, I have nothing better to do bullshit that must be. Right, right. Lower Makefield is a great place to live is our hometown Facebook page where... Anything and everything makes the front page there. Just anybody's like, it's kind of like next door, except uh, Facebook is the format. Uh-huh. So there's just no rules. Any wild it's more racist. Can be t- yeah, extremely racist. And there's a lot of like people just peeking out of their window, commenting on what's going on immediately outside their door. And then 15 people commenting back being like, this is absolutely concerning, Denise. I think you should definitely get the lower Makefield police involved. And notoriously, kids, people our age would get into it. And then I would post, I posted a few things and I tried to like walk the line between like completely just making fools of these people and, and trying to sound like it's like a real concern. And I maybe got two posts before people were like, ban this fucker. (laughs) He's not a real believer. Um, 
I um they, throughout the movie they're they're watching like what looks to be the moon landing on TV, and I, I'm interested mm. to see what you what you thought about that. Do you think you think Tati just means to juxtapose all of this kind of frivolous, ridiculous technological achievement with you know such a such an actual monumental achievement? Um, is it supposed to be reminding us of of America's influence on on all of this? What's your take? I when I initially watched it, I read some things after that kind of changed my mind because they're straight from the horse's mouth. The horse being Mister Tati, Allahu Lo, Al A A K A, the French d- delight. I f- thought that the moon landing stuff was that was like a fact of how we've launched ourselves so far in the future that like there's simultaneously no turning back but there's also like things to be shared in this time and i saw it as like kind of a positive thing especially when they start doing slow-mo walking afterwards Mm -hmm. i i took it as these people are living in this super futuristic kind of dystopia but they've found ways to find like community and a sort of like relaxed atmosphere among each other and make jokes with each other despite being in like societal crunch time for eternity Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i the, the the kind of communal experience even when it's like diffuse across multiple tv sets of like watching the event seems to be like a better response to technology and a more authentic communal experience than like the expo which is just kind of like a bunch of ridiculous bullshit. Um, there's like trees set up in the expo <clears throat> and like fake bird oh, sounds yeah. that the guy's like reading by. And then there's the there's like the the, the really dirty car that this guy starts washing. And he goes like, "You idiot! That was in the Grand Prix or something like that." It's some like intentionally <laughs> dirty car. Like have some respect. That car belonged to Bonnie and Clyde. Um, they got the fucking Batmobile. There's a guy sleeping on a bed of tires at some point, which I really liked. Um, it reminded me of that time that you stayed in Hamilton and I slept under my bed on a big pile of clothes, so he turned into a bunk. <laughs> Well, the day, you know, I never thought I'd be thankful I bought these six-inch risers. <laughs> what was that about? That every bed had a riser. They were all so, so high. You could just be like seven feet off the ground. Well, the best is, too, is like you could ask to have your, you could you could put yourself on a list to maybe having your bed like lifted, but you could not decide at what setting. There was no option to tell them what setting you wanted it. <laughs> so you could get the highest possible top bar. Yeah. <laughs> And then from what I understand, like, it never happened to me that I went into my room and I had a fucking top bunk. But from what I understand, it was not easy to get the change made once it was made. <laughs> or, you know, the change taken back. A lot of people right. went through, like, half the you year. Need, like, a, a special multi-tool. I think I remember that. You need, like, a star Allen wrench to do some, it. Yeah, some some bizarre Allen wrench that only, like, Hank Hill would have on his belt. You've, <laughs> you've got the butt joint all out of whack here, Bobby. <laughs> What joint, Dad? Um, oh, the butt joint. <laughs> <laughs> there's even yeah. a there's even a radio ad at one point when they're on that. Like I, I, the cars, it, it's one of the better ways Tati's ever come up with for communicating like the mass like conformity of all of this. Like there's that bit when everybody yawns all at once, and then there's a there's mm. a radio ad that says something along the lines of advertising keeps you informed, which I thought was a nice like subtle uh, <laughs> little dig at this it's culture. Like Grand Theft Auto level. Uh-huh. Joke radio, yeah. America's next Uh, top hooker. So there's something about this movie I can't quite... I don't know if you were able to parse this better than I was, but Bert Honstra initially was a part of this uh, 
of this movie as a collaboration with Tati, and they were supposed to work together to like, um, basically, they like conceived of this movie together, and it was something they were going to collaborate on. And then it was basically like, we can't both do this because Tati was probably so like, this way, this way, this way, it has to be done this way, and it eventually fell apart during the movie's um, filming. But there are a few scenes which I understand are the work of Bert Hanstra, which are the opening factory scene, which did this opening throw you off? Kind of. Yeah. It, it, it felt like, I mean, it's a cool, it's a cool opening kind of watching a car be built, but it's beautiful. It's um, it, it, yeah, it was definitely not what I was expecting. And it reminded me of course, of our, one of our favorite films that we've talked about gung ho. And also, I guess, um, blue collar by Paul Schrader and, uh, the John Carpenter film, Christine also to start with a car getting built. it it the way it was uh the way it looked and like it felt very different in that it felt like it was actually real people doing things Mm -hmm. unlike anything i've ever seen in a tati movie it was much like more snappily edited too it was way more like the kind of like new hollywood filmmakers would have been coming up around this time like it's you could you, you could see something like this in like a scorsese movie it wasn't whereas tati has tended to favor these like long shots that just kind of let business happen this was very much Mm. like pretty rapid cutting for him and although it's not it doesn't seem like it's like perfectly choreographed it ends up being a a job or like a real life event that is choreographed like efficiency will eventually make you like look like you're doing a dance kind of like the police officers when they get off their bike and then they like do the same exact move uh-huh. it's like they've had to do this so many times and get it right so many times that it ends up looking like a tati movie dance type uh-huh. thing i'll say though i i think with the police officers he meant to cast them in a somewhat ridiculous light and i think maybe he was trying to do this with the guys in the beginning making the car but i think this was the first time that we've seen people kind of like following this like very like ordered highly modern process and there's there is like there seems to be like an affection there there seems to be um like there's beauty that he he seems to find in it and mean for us to find in it um mm. like this is like working effectively it's not it's not you know efficiency that's just creating more problems it's you know even if right, it is cluttering right. the road with more cars at least this is this sort of uh when it's all working in harmony at least it's you know something to look at i can't help but think that this is like the like chronologically next and i i mean i think his whole career it's like we're shown different eras and i feel like this era people are kind of getting used to like the facts of you know completely being overtaken by technology and like getting good at it basically um to go back to the moon landing thing and i i want to talk about the garage by the canal Uh that scene was very different it it like was it had a lot of the qualities that I think Hulot's Holiday had and uh, Jour de Fête in that there was like a community aspect or people were kind of getting along in a way that Tati seems to have conceived of the way they did in like the old world. And um, for me, the garage by the canal is Tati somehow discovering like where they're still... uh, some like looseness or there's some there is a opportunity for improv improvisation (laughs) for pranks still Uh for like old world kind of chilling out and like 
you know, no rush type thing. We could see that it converts our PR consultant, the American woman, who is like very straight laced and ends up kind of like loosening up a little bit. Um, but like this, uh, that American garage worker is kind of like the perfect old school type of guy that can like break through the, the, the like modern facade that like people have eliminated, I guess, or like that technology has eliminated this sort of like free form type of living mm -hmm. that actually like your, your, sh your stuff works for you and not you for it. Like he just needs a piece of wood that looks like a triangle and he makes Tati just go find one in the ground. He's not like, calling some factory to have send him some prefabricated triangle piece of wood that will fit perfectly. He's just like using what's around him. And, uh, if it doesn't work out, it seems like it's not a huge deal to mm. him. Yeah, no. And, and, and to your point about the sort of like slower pace, like this is this running time wise is nearly the climax of the film. And it's probably the slowest point in the film. Um, right. <laughs> they, they should be, they should be moving with a lot of urgency to get to this expo. And instead they're like, like they were in holiday and like they were in <clears throat> even like mon uncle too. There's like a lot of, um, like pranking one another. There's a lot of like, there's almost like a bedroom farce nature to some of the jokes, a lot of like mis misunderstandings and stuff. I will say there's one, it's mm. the one time in his career that Tati has done like mugging after a joke when, um, when it looks like he and the American woman are like making out in the car and the other guy walks out and sees it. Oh, he says, now God. I've seen everything the one time we get a dumb like sitcom wah, wah, joke uh <laughs> but it's a fun it's a fun kind of um in, it... inversion of a joke we saw earlier it looks like that other guy is about to make out with a dog which is uh who's, <laughs> who says white people don't have culture <laughs> uh -huh. i thought that was funny still the sitcom -y ass <laughs> moment the bit where the oh sorry were you gonna talk about when the dog's under the car yes yeah <laughs> That was hysterically funny. I thought that I thought it was like like damn dirty grandpa Hugh Low like uh -huh. <laughs> coming out with the fucking big guns of freak jokes. Uh huh. Uh, very funny. And keeps trying to show her like no, this isn't your dog. They they're playing a prank. This is just something that looks like your dog, and just keeps freaking her out more. So so good. <laughs> right. He puts because it's a jacket that looks exactly like a dog, and he puts the jacket on. He's like, look, it's a jacket, and she's like, oh my god. <laughs> He's like smashing it on the ground. <laughs> He's like stepping on it, yeah, stomping on it, wiping his feet. Uh, oh, that so was good. like an uncharacteristically, uh, like, kind of cruel joke uh -huh. I found. Yeah, yeah, and then again, like, I, I, I'm interested. I, I don't know how much I, I've only read a little bit about it. Um, in, in reading kind of Rosenbaum talk about his relationship with Tati, that Tati kind of resented the Hulo character and really only like kept putting him in these movies because I think that was like basically the way they were going to get made, and that was kind of what people wanted to mm. see. Do you read? Yeah. Do you think? Do you think Tati's growing resentment toward the Hulo character finds its way into the film? Do you think that's why he is more a um, a purveyor of these stupid doodads and stuff than he, you know? Because I, uh, I mean, I don't know that anybody's written about the films like this, but we, I think we see a progression of of um, Tati go, or Hulo going from outsider to you know insider, um, and and here he's, you know, he's the one carting around the dumb bullshit. Um, it almost mm, seems like, I, yeah. like, I don't know if I, maybe it's like an uncharitable way to think about Tati, but I, I don't know. I, I, I seem to think there's, there's some bitterness in, um, how he places Hulo throughout most of this movie. Not that Hulo is any more 
bitter or or less good natured a character necessarily. But mm. I, I don't know. I feel like his role has has changed in a way that reflects Tati's changing attitude. Yeah, I didn't know. Like, it wasn't until after I watched the movie and read that he didn't like the character that I even considered that. But it seems like he just Tati just kind of has this general resentment for how people act and how people who belong in this world that he conceives of are like kind of flawed. I still find him to be really pleasant and nice. And I thought like, I guess I'm missing the subtlety of the joke, but I find like, I think it was harder for me to feel comfortable parsing this movie because I honestly think he's being a little more unclear than he's ever been in his older movies, except for maybe Jour de Fet. Like, the gags aren't as, like, clear-cut. The, the, like, progression of things doesn't always make sense. Like, it was daytime, and then it was just nighttime. Like, it, not to say that that's, like, a mistake, but it just felt like there were a lot of aspects of this that were kind of placed together in a way that wasn't as, like... Uh, precise as the scenes in playtime where they're going from like the dance hall to the drugstore and that's like all choreographed how that's going to happen we just kind of end up in different places and like do these little vignettes which i found to be nice like i appreciated his ability to stray from the like comic structure and the in- insane painstaking painstaking like chronology of playtime but i found like i couldn't like get a i couldn't always tell what he was going for i i found myself for the first like half an hour or so doing a little bit of like when are we gonna get to the fireworks factory and then i think throughout the film i think more intercutting between not that i want less time with hulo but i think more intercutting between hulo and that here's me giving tati notes uh more intercutting Mm -hmm. between tati and the expo i think might have Got the action, like, mm. cooking a little bit more. Because there's some intercutting between the two, but we don't see all that much of the expo. I feel like... I think there was a lot of, like, comic material to be mined from that expo that we don't ultimately see. And who knows if it was yeah. left on the cutting room floor or or what. But um, I uh, I think the movie hits high gear, though. No pun intended. <laughs> once, um, <clears throat> once they end up at, uh, at, like, Dutch Customs and they start pulling mm-hmm. apart the, like, the, the gadget and gizmo car... And there are, like, people, like, waiting in customs because of, like, I don't know, like, actual shit. Like, people being, like, separated from one another. (laughs) There's, like, a married couple (laughs) that's, like, separated. And here the cops are spending, like, 25 minutes. Like, the scene goes on and on in the best way of just pulling apart every little, like, aspect of this car. Like, the horn pulls out (laughs) into an electric razor. There's, like, a barbecue in the back. There's a shower. Uh, He predicted Pit My Ride. He predicted all the dumb bullshit people would put in the trunks Uh of their car. The grill of the car is a grill. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. So good. Uh, and all the, yeah, all the cops are so enamored with it. It's just funny, too, because it's, like, the ultimate in, like, uh, just a cop doing, like, their incredulous bullshit. Like, the, oh, really? Like, ten gadgets right. was not enough to satisfy them that, yes, this is some <laughs> fucking exhibition car. This is, we're not, we're not dealing drugs. Like, no, they've got it. They've got to keep going. You gotta, oh, the 50th gadget. Oh, oh, really? This is some sort of exhibition right. car. <laughs> and then uh-huh. there's, like, yeah, see, like, you can wash your hands here. Soap dispenser. And it's, like, a powdered soap or something. And, like. Test this powder. 
Oh, such good stuff. And then there's the bit, too. He, like, steps in oil at one point, and you can hear... Like, Tati is still doing, like, his play with, like, sound and image in such a great way. The guy, like, steps in oil, and you hear him, like, squeaking until he's, like, way out of screen, way out of frame. Um, still some good <laughs> stuff there. Still a lot of uh, a lot of playing with, like, big frames. Although, again, I wish we'd see more of the Expo Hall, because those opening shots of the huge Expo Hall, there's so much possibility there. Like, oh, my God. Oh, my gosh, I know. All we, the we never really cars. get to return. We, yeah, we do it, like, just at the end when there's, like, cars split in half and shit. It seems like there was probably a lot planned for that that didn't didn't make it. Um, uh, I never really felt a sense of urgency, uh, like, with how, like, time was uh-huh. of the essence. Until, like, just, the like, very end, right? Com- yeah. People just kind of complain about it. And then they're like, no, you're, like, three days late. And she's like, no, it says the 6th. And I didn't really buy it that this chick would, like get it wrong like what date she was supposed to be there especially because she seems to be the brains of the operation right i mean you certainly is maybe <laughs> maybe it's kind of testament to like you know during the journey she kind of lost her way but anyway i think like by not having this overall structure that is so complex i was able to appreciate just like these kind of th- thrown together feeling moments like when um Okay, how'd you feel about everyone picking their nose in the car? Loved it. Um, so funny. So good. And we all do it. I'm doing it right and now. Su- supposedly documentary. When I was watching it, it felt like it was like uh, Richard Wiseman. Oh, I, I've heard that. I, I've heard that um, he, a lot of like the motorists you see were just like kind of, yeah, like people he filmed just kind of like I, driving their cars. Yeah, I think some of them. Maybe not all of them. Probably not but all. But It's a... Uh, it's a fun commentary. I don't know if there's like too much to say about like people yawning and picking their nose in their car. It was kind of touched on. I'm talking about this as if I didn't enjoy it that much, but I thought uh-huh. it was like super, super good. I enjoyed Very it quite strong. a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, it's still really funny. And like I said, I mean, if I don't know if this is like one of the if this is at the bottom half of your filmography, you had a pretty great career. I mean, I guess the people mm-hmm. all picking their nose and yawning one up to the other is, is a way of showing, you know, the, the, the mass conformity of it all. And it's also, I don't know, Tati's probably a little joke that like the real world is starting to look like a Tati film. You know, everybody doing these <laughs> things in unison. Um, right. The, the the final shot is really striking for that too. It's it's like a parking lot full of cars uh, and everyone's kind of like walking through it like a maze, uh, mm-hmm. you know, as if to say they're, as if to say they're stuck, as if to say they're trapped by this technology, so mm-hmm. to speak. Um <clears throat> I felt I felt that um, it was like that final scene was so formally different from the earlier scenes that I was like, uh, it was it was strange to see such a like kind of philosophical <laughs> shot to happen in this movie where the f- philosophical element that's pre- present in something like playtime is largely absent. Like, there's not like these large scale choreographed um scenes and in the end he he gives us one yeah i mean that's really one of only like two huge vistas we get we get the kind of opening exhibition hall and then we get that at the end that kind of full parking lot um not again not to say that he's not using the whole buffalo and some of the gags here i mean we talked (laughs) about there being like sound as characters are walking off a frame um there's still Uh quite a lot of like business going on gags still kind of lend themselves to more gags and yeah. Again, I mean, you, you you could do worse than just watching the scene where they pick apart the car. I mean, if you if you're real heads, if you're looking to if you're looking to laugh yourself silly, 
check, <laughs> check out the scene from traffic like once again i feel like this is like the jordan feed episode where it sounds like we don't like the movie because we're like uh-huh. yeah i guess it doesn't hold together as well as like his real masterpieces <laughs> but um I don't know, guys. That's that's the wrong way to think about movies. Uh, thinking of thinking of them in terms of only how they rank within someone's filmography. Uh, <laughs> this stupid thing has been trending on Twitter, where everybody's like, "Hey, name five perfect movies." Who in the fucking world wants to watch a perfect movie? Who wants mm. to watch something where everything fired on all cylinders and where right. everyone knew, like I? Because like like a. If you uh, drink like the world's purest water, you'll die. Yeah, it'll just it'll hurt your mouth. <laughs> your teeth will fall out like playtime is like I, I would say playtime is basically a perfect movie in the sense that i would rate it five stars but like you said there's like parts where you can see that like sets are obviously painted and stuff there's like there's like little imperfections in the movie that make it like human and make that make movies interesting like i would so much rather watch an imperfect batshit insane movie like miami vice than watch um what's, what's a so-called perfect movie i don't know uh uh <laughs> zodiac so, I, fuck you I, I <laughs> <laughs> although yeah i mean truth yeah fincher fincher is the sort of person that goes in trying to make like, a perfect movie and I, I i've grown less and less patient with that sort of thing as i've gotten older and more uh more more eccentric um <clears throat> at least I, hugh logan's canned at the end i mean that seems to be kind of the return to yeah. normalcy hugh Logan getting fired it seems like yeah, the I'm... world could not sustain hugh Logan having a job <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> Uh, I I actually like I felt closer to this movie than I did Playtime for those exact reasons you said of like that there's a more of the accidental in it or more of like seemingly improvised improvised sort of moments um, or like it was just a little rougher around the edges it was his like a uh, garage band <laughs> flick I I it seems like you really appreciated the the custom scene and I was really attracted to the boat connect the can the boathouse slash canal scene and they both have very different like airs i think the mm-hmm. uh like the custom scene i is resembles a lot more of what he does which is like create like finds a finds a place we have in the real world and um and finds all these ways to exploit the structure that's in uh-huh. that area to make it like very hilarious and make everyone look like a fucking dunce. Right. Yeah. And Working with what's already there to, to emphasize the ridiculousness of it all. basically. Right. Just putting his like funny characters in to like exist and show all the stupid parts of it. Whereas the boathouse, which I mentioned in playtime, how by giving you all the structure, he forces you to imagine like what, what is it like when you're just like outside or, what what is the opposite of this? And I think that in the boat house, canal house, is the it's the first time he's indulged in that sort of like, well, if not super modernity, then what? How can we solve this? Or what's a place that we still have that might be special? Mm-hmm. And it's like the first place I feel that he that has its own like authentic quote unquote or or like uh, earned atmosphere to mm-hmm. it that like the people that are operating within it are able to have more of their peoplehood mm-hmm. or they can they can express themselves without like bumping into a wall or like being thwarted by like the way tools work mm-hmm. they're not at the mercy of of yeah technology and stuff i mean to use mm-hmm. the parlance of our day if the people in the expo hall and the people in hulo's company are coastal elites the people at the uh, the garage or by the canal, 
they're uh you know you're middle americans they're from a uh, flyover state <laughs> the canal coast <laughs> they're yeah they're there you've heard of uh joe joe the plumber well this is joe canal uh, <laughs> <laughs> um you gotta get you gotta sell that to joe canals <laughs> yeah right that should be his new slogan um I am. Um, the closest thing we have to the big blowout at the end of playtime here is a big um, kind of car accident scene that it's it's great. It's really, really well choreographed. Mm-hmm. It's really funny. And like everybody like walking off into the woods to find like the pieces of their car afterwards <laughs> is like a great bit. But it's the it's the perfect example of like, God, after playtime where the fucking building falls apart around them and they and they <laughs> like little like fucking ants, like you said, like ants rebuild it around themselves and still continue to party like I, I no one could have topped that. <laughs> Right, right. And it's also watching that. these in such proximity, too. Like, that that hurts. I'm sure if I'd seen these years apart, I would have been like, ah, the master does... <laughs> Knock my microphone off. The master does it again. <laughs> uh, yeah, I uh, I think it feels a lot like late... To, to, I had a similar feeling when I was watching this as to how I feel about, like, uh, killing of a Chinese bookie. And mm-hmm. that it's like, I feel like... In the world that I've come to learn is the real world, John Cassavetes would have died or something before he got to make love streams and uh, killing of a Chinese bookie, and we don't actually deserve those movies. Uh-huh. And I, I kind of feel that way about Traffic. Like he did his great shit, and we just we we're just getting bonuses, at and we point. just didn't appreciate. We, and honestly, we were such fucking like fucking thankless or, or what was the yeah. yeah we were just idiots we we didn't even thank him and in it, its time playtime was dismissed as seward's folly and then he still mm. still after giving us all that after giving us his blood sweat and tears after building a fucking city he still manages yeah. to make something like this you know still still gives one out when we're just greedy pigs at the slop trough greedy what am i made of slops <laughs> what, am, what am i you know, you know slop doesn't grow on trees <laughs> i'm gonna tweet slop doesn't <laughs> go on trees Jenny, your tweets have been getting into new territory. I did you like the one about don't, I don't dust my fan because I'm not breathing unseasoned air. <laughs> I was like, whoa, this is this is avant garde for Ben. I said that to my boss in a work call today. <laughs> we, were, uh, we were talking about uh, we were talking about areas of your house you forget to dust, and I was like, I never dust my ceiling fans. Who wants to breathe unseasoned air? Like, <laughs> I did the fucking Letterman pen toss. Yeah. <sighs> splat um i uh any any final notes on uh traffic oh one more thing i wanted to say i guess also the juxtaposition of the uh moon landing with um with with uh you know hulo making his way to the expo i think there's supposed to be some some humor in how difficult it is for hulo to make a trip that ought to be pretty simple right driving Mm. from one eu country to the other and at least to the the viewers on tv going to the fucking moon seem to go pretty smoothly right it's it's this sort right. of uh you know can they're you believe can you like believe we put this guy in charge <laughs> we're watching the world's greatest achievement and they can't like move a car uh-huh. a couple cities over and hulo is like falling on his ass trying to tie his shoes we also <laughs> never talked about hulo's fit good lord i the fucking huge raincoat what a look i've i've been like what is it about this outfit that I love so much? Is it the mm-hmm. nice socks with the suede shoes? He's got a great look. And, and it's, it's kind of come back around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. You don't see those big coats much anymore. The like ubiquitous raincoat. Mm-hmm. I wish it was, I wish fashion was, was in real life what it's like in this movie and that everyone just kind of wears the same thing. 
I wish fashion was like it was in like an animated sitcom where everyone opened their closet and they literally yes. had like 15 of the same. I would love to wear a fucking uniform every day. You're like, I'm how- trying to get there. <laughs> I would yeah, like, well, like, like Tom Sharpling talks about just wearing like a dark polo and like the same pair of jeans, basically. You know how much I would love that? I should never have to worry about it again to open my closet yeah, and have. Can. Well, no. now, yeah, if not now, when, right? I don't have to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> no oh, one is going to see me. <clears throat> saw a terrible ad on. If- if Hulot could see these fucking Instagram ads, he would, uh, he'd make a whole fucking, he'd make his show up. Um, but I saw Instagram, all the ads now are just so painfully targeted. There was one for like these pants that have built in feet. Ugh. And it was like working from home never felt so good. I, the ads I get, I've told you, feel like personal attacks. They're always about like posture. They're always about sweating. Ooh. <laughs> I was like, oh, great. <laughs> red, <laughs> having a red face. I, uh, I did buy, <laughs> I did buy something off of face. <laughs> got a red face. Hey, baboon. Uh, yeah. Uh, you got a big red ass like a baboon. Try this calming <laughs> cream. No, I did actually buy something off an Instagram <laughs> ad the other day. Oil. <laughs> Ew. Like the mane and tail shampoo, but it's like cream monkeys use. It's like heavy duty. Ooh, on their big asses. Yeah. <laughs> you know how there's like turtle wax for your car, which I guess is supposed to be like waxing a turtle shell. They should call it like baboon ass wax. <laughs> <laughs> we took the most wrinkly and dry thing in the jungle and creamed it up. Look at this. You look at this before and after. <laughs> Oh, or putting it on like some orangutans, weird like cracky nipples. <laughs> Why does even baby orangutans look? They have like they have the hands of a fucking octogenarian, right? They always have the weird wrinkled hands. <laughs> Ape hands are so creepy to me. Like I would never pick Donkey Kong in Mario Party Two because there's a couple like instances in Mario Party Two where you're doing stuff where you're controlling the character's hands, and Donkey Kong has this weird little shriveled up monkey's paw. I hated it so much. Yeah, you. Find a picture of what I'm looking at, what I'm talking about. But I thought he just had like clonker hands. No, when they're when they're showing you just their hands, it's obviously you know for Mario and Luigi it's a little gloved hand. I think for Peach it's a gloved hand, and for DK it's it's a little monkey's paw, and it's all like shriveled. Wait a second. <laughs> Wait, why do, does Mario have five fingers? Uh, I think he might just have four, but he, you know he wears like a glove, so it's just like a little gloved hand. Um, oh yeah. Fucking. Weird. I can't remember what Yoshi's hand would have looked like. I guess I never played as Yoshi. Little little paw of some sort. Um. <laughs> I gotta get four fingers like some of these famous cartoons. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, we should say, too, that this is Hulot's last... This is uh, Tati's last film with the uh, Hulot character. So uh, we are uh, oh. bidding uh, adieu, as our as our French friends say, adieu. to our... Uh, how do you, what, what's the French word for uh, friend? Uh, garçon? I don't know. Ah, uh, garçon! <laughs> um, I'm Start calling my friends boy. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I read there was a place called Casa Too Much on Clinton, and I remember one of the funniest, like, <laughs> bad non-jokes I ever heard was I asked, like, Elliot's brother Seth, like, what he thought of that place. I was like, you ever, I think, oh, because, you know, he was a waiter there, and I asked him, like, how's the food? I've always wanted to go, and he's like, oh, no, more like Casa Diarrhea. I was like, classic <laughs> joke. <laughs> God, I miss that guy. Oh, the funniest thing I've ever seen till till to this day. <laughs> that's a joke out of a Hulo bit. I mean, that's a joke out of a silent comedy. Someone falling down twenty five stairs and not being hurt. <laughs> right, and then being pissed off when people are laughing. Great, you're laughing. 
um, after the most slapstick moment that's ever occurred. Ever happened in real life. The, the most. Because like, no one's guitar. ever slept on a banana peel in real life. No, one, no one's that ever fallen like down a, a manhole cover. <laughs> we didn't talk about when they run out of gas. What happens when they run out of gas? On the street. And they then they have to... The, the car... The truck runs out of gas and they don't know what's wrong. And they have the another woman in tow who's like, oh, the car broke down. I'll go get a mechanic. And then they're kind of checking out the car. And Tati's like, there's no gas. There's no gas in the car. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, all right, here's a tank. Go get some gas. And then the other lady comes back with a mechanic. And he's like, oh, no, sorry. It's fine. Just didn't have gas. This has happened to me with, like, calling AAA where I call him. I'm like, yeah, my car's not just start, just not starting. And it's like, oh, your key is, like, covered in glue. Mm-hmm. just take the glue off and then by the time they get there i feel like that's why have you ever had it where you call like it or you have a problem you set an appointment like two weeks later for it to get fixed and by that time you're fine or like getting setting up a doctor's appointment it's like either now or never in two mm-hmm. weeks i'm just gonna it's just gonna fucking disappear uh-huh. this wart's gonna go away yeah right God Which willing. the doctor's <laughs> counting on. And by the time... Uh-huh. It's like, I one time said it's... A, I was in crisis mode. Set an appointment with a therapist. Got to the therapist. Had none of the same problems. And I'm like, why am I even here? I'm just here for a completely different set of problems. And then I just tell them about these problems. And even I know the solution. I'm like, well, you just... I don't know. Eat well. I'm like, uh-huh. yeah, I could have told me that. But what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> Did I ever tell you about the experience that turned me off of therapy? Um... I, uh, I I was I was at the school counseling center, which was which was just asinine to begin with. I, I a paranoid person like me, the idea that like the school was like looking at on like my file was very horrifying to me. But I told I, yeah. I finally like after like weeks of just kind of like pussyfooting around everything and just sort of being like mm, yeah you know uh, you know I'm just generally yeah. sad. I started telling this guy that I had an eating disorder and he started crying. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> aren't you like aren't you supposed to be? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it's not like I was like turning on the waterworks. I was like being pretty like objective about it. I was just like, yeah, you know, here are the facts. And he was like, like tears streaming down his face. It was very weird. It's among the most uncomfortable I've ever been. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I was like, hey, hey, man, it's not that bad. Good. You're supposed to like, you know, like be empathetic and like, you know, I don't know, like maybe you'll feel like they have someone to talk to, but you're not supposed to like. I don't know, like perform their emotions for them. I mean, I <laughs> got into it for the wrong reasons. He just cries anytime. He just likes to cry. He's just addicted like, to crying. <laughs> he leaves and he's like, oh, that was good. he runs to the bathroom like, and starts beating off. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I also went <laughs> for very different reasons. I was turned off to therapy. I, cannot stand i went to so i haven't been sleeping at all i haven't slept well my entire life and i've been I, i've been waking up at five in the morning every day for the past like few weeks i've gotten like six hours of sleep every night and so i went i call this guy i'm like yeah i'm having sleep issues and then he just spouts off and this is over the phone spouts off for the length of the call which was an hour about um the nature of sleep and uh rem cycles i'm like dude Everybody knows about sleep 
facts. We've seen every <laughs> single one on these. Like I went to college. <laughs> yeah, I I listened to Joe Rogan before. <laughs> like I understand that there's like a whole there's a world. Oh, did you know when you're dreaming, you actually uh, if uh, your muscles get repaired when you're in REM cycles? Oh, thanks, fuckhead. Did I mention that I'm just not sleeping, so I'm just not getting all these wild benefits that you're talking about? And then he just told me, like, just yeah. told you what you're missing like you're... out on. Right. Just seems like you're missing out on sleep. Yeah. His solution was try napping, which, okay, thanks. Thank you. I'm sorry, if I can't fall asleep at, at, at night when I'm supposed to be sleeping, what makes you think I can just lie down in the middle of the day right. when it's fucking light outside and people are awake? I don't... He's like, what are your naps like? I was like, I've probably napped twice in the past Twice in my years. life. <laughs> right. In, and it's been an accident. It's not something uh-huh. I'm proud of. And basically, it ended. He said, "He okay, you know what the other solution was, Bennett? You're not gonna, you're gonna piss when you hear this." He said, "Limit screen time." N- no, he tried that. I said, "No, no, not gonna I, happen." No, no. He's like, "And you're exercising?" I was like, "Don't even start." Of course, I'm exercising. You think I don't bust my fucking hump? How do you think day? I got this body? <laughs> yeah, I sent him a photo. Um, <laughs> then he says, "Okay, listen to Enya." Oh, no way. I thought you were going to say NPR at first. Nope. No, I would have preferred Enya. He said there's a quality to Enya music where she'll engage you, but at a distance. And I was like, dog. Dog. Thanks so much, but no (laughs) thanks. Have a good one. If I hear that fucking Enya song one more time in like a movie trailer or in a movie, I'm going to kill myself. I, that's fucking Orinoco Flow, I think it's called it. Sail away, (laughs) sail away. You know what I mean? Uh, That's all. Imagine you're, you're after months of not being able to sleep and you're finally drifting off after the suggestion to listen to Enya and that song just fucking clicks that song on. Starts. And then you're wide awake, yeah, bolting just, out of bed like, don't wake daddy. <laughs> fuck. Fuck. Yeah, don't wake daddy. Don't wake daddy. The the game centered, the, the only game to make having an abusive father seem like a fun little uh, uh, tryst yeah. in, a night, in a house. <laughs> the only time Milton Bradley ever dabbled in fucking <laughs> domestic abuse. <laughs> alcoholism. And alcoholism, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah if, you, uh, if you strip the bed up, there's like a little flask under, flask. The, under, mm-hmm. under his pillow. Yeah, it's, that's the thing. There's a, there's a secret part of Don't Wake Daddy, the secret menu that nobody knows about that you're actually supposed to find all the hidden <laughs> booze bottles. <laughs> Okay, last thing I want to say. Have you ever played Mousetrap? Uh, the actual board game, like reading the rules, playing a game of Mousetrap? No. Yes. Have I built the trap? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. And why the fuck? Why do they fucking tease you with that game on all the commercials with this huge, uh-huh. like, um, what's it called? An Epstein Bar Machine? Fucking Myers-Briggs. Myers-Briggs. What is it called? You know what I'm talking about. Raider Willie. I don't know. Tink, tink, a marble falls down. Oh, Rube Goldberg. Rube Goldberg. The famous WWE The Christ air mechanism. They tease you on the commercials with this huge Rune Glyphberg machine, and then you play the game, and it's like, no. The game is a slow process of you playing this stupid board game and then building the thing as you go along and then you're done once it's all built no no <laughs> you build it at the beginning and then you watch it do the thing and then have the game be something involving the chaos right right the, the game is is the dessert 
the appetizer the appetizer is building the mousetrap the entree right. is watching it go and then right. playing this board Watch game the dessert. mouse get trapped we need all three and what a slow <laughs> bad mousetrap it is a yeah, mouse right? would easily run away from a, sl- a basket moving what four miles an hour mm. yeah they that talk about a fucking bait and switch that game i tati would hate mousetrap ta- ta- well actually tati would tati would have seen that game and been like ah oh, yeah somebody gets it he's somebody like, onto uh, something oh yeah, yeah this because it, the, the, it's like a prop from one of his movies that game like you right, build all right. this bolt you, you you get fucking you, you get hooked line and sinkered with all these you know that little cage uh, that falls down guys. and the yeah. fucking like zip uh. line and then well i just got a box of crap <laughs> just a box of crap yeah and and it it's perfect because it's for kids. Like, it's all the dumb bullshit that adults have, but for kids. But then the kids get disappointed just as much as the adults do when they find out, oh, the, all this crap, it ha- it's not what you think it is. It's just crap. It's, I guess it's a good early lesson in, um, like, life for kids. And, yeah. <laughs> you, have all these, you, have all these, you have all these exciting dreams, like, yeah, I'm going to build that fucking mouse trap. I'm going to catch that mouse. We're going to watch it go <laughs> in and again. It's like thinking you're going to like have your dream job or like, you know, like right, right. have a loving that family. It's just like, nope. Yeah. You just get a big box, a big box right. of shit. Big and like, box. God crap. help you if you want to try and put it together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even your dad's washing his hands of the whole <laughs> situation. Um, but, but I think, and I'll stop the recording here. I think that, Bennett, we have something, something there. People want, a board game that's more than a board. They want a system, a kind of chaotic arrangement, a series of unfortunate events type. And maybe we could talk about talk to the guys, talk to a Lemony Snicket about if he wants to take us up on this. But have like a, like instead of a board, you have like a dollhouse. Like, what if Clue took place in an actual dollhouse? That would be fantastic. And you could yeah. bash un- Uncle Mustard over the head with a candlestick. <laughs> I do wonder sometimes why more board games don't have more like why why more of your Milton Bradley why type games stuck don't to this have shitty fucking structure. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we'll never know. You know, if Tati were still around, I bet he'd have some ideas for building a better board game, maybe building a better mouse trap. Um, yeah. Well, uh, next time, folks, it's Tati's final film, Pahad uh, Parade. For for those of you who don't speak French. Um, and then, I don't know if you maybe want to do The Illusionist as a bonus. It's based on a script he wrote, and he, Hulo is kind of the main character. It's an animated movie from, like, 2010. Is that um, the one with uh, Robert Downey Jr.? Yes. Uh, Robert Downey Jr., uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, and he make, he's, Melora like, Laura Hardin. Tesla. Yeah. Um, God, who else? Um, Christian Bale's uh, in it. Uh, oh. M. Emmett Walsh. Uh uh dan Adea, i think has like a brief appearance uh, and he plays the president yeah okay cool looking forward to it all that and more um till next time till next time folks and uh why don't you check out some of our writing on split tooth and uh you know rate and subscribe yeah. on itunes throw us a fucking bone why don't you you fucking uh, ingrates <laughs> get on to uh patreon.com slash real rap to see our uh our writing Bennett's doing a Clint Eastwood series that's coming up. Oh, and um, yeah. There's a hell of a lot more episodes over there for you to check out. A whole lot more uh, dirt, a lot more incriminating stuff that's going to make you, uh, might make you really upset. Anyway, signing out. Bye. 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 <laughs>